Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. And let's start as we usually do on a Friday with Aidan Donnelly from Davies with a look at the business pages and the websites and newspapers. Good morning, Aidan. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Not too bad. Last day of the week and we're start of a new H or the new um, half of the year or H2, as they say. Let's begin let's with the Irish Times. Two halves. Let's hope it's a year of two halves because the first one wasn't great. Isn't that right? No. And we, we, we'll come to the markets in, in due course. Uh, but yeah, we, we, a lot of people hope it's going to be a little bit better in, in that sense. Aidan, can we start with the Irish Times? And Joe Brennan writes that Irish home price growth is set to ease to 4% over the next year. Yeah, I think this is, this is you know, I suppose it's not in the least bit surprising given how strong house prices have grown over the last two years. If you look, if you look at it, the most recent um, uh, numbers, you're probably looking at, at just shy of 10% um, growth year on year back in uh, for, for the month of June. So we've seen very, very strong. So Joe's um, is referring to a, a survey done by the Society of Chartered Surveyors that are basically saying that we're going to see that growth rate ease to 4%. And I think it, 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 what's important here to think about is when you, when you initially read the headlines, it says, you know, Irish home price. If you don't read the word growth set to slip, people might just read that the home prices are set to slip, but it's not actually. They're still predicting growth in, in house prices next year and really underpinned by ongoing supply shortages. Um, yeah, yeah, even as households kind of grapple with soaring inflation, geopolitical uncertainty and, and, and imminent, obviously, uh, rate rises coming through from the central bank, European central bank. Yeah. Um, so, so I, Shane Beatty was dealing with that issue just uh, now on breakfast beating, uh, breakfast briefing uh, as well. Um, let's move on to the Irish Independent, Aidan. They're talking about the autumn budget and the measures that could be included in it. Yeah, obviously the, the, the political jousting is going to, to notch up now and over the next couple of months. Uh, but we're seeing this that Certainly, by by the looks of it, the, the the main thing that's definitely going to come probably come back in is that we're going to see the electricity household electricity uh, bills reduced by another two hundred euro next year, uh, just extending on the, the plan that was or the the program that was done last year. In terms of what else can happen, uh, what they're saying is that income tax changes won't be introduced before the new year, uh, but changes to welfare, social welfare payments could be imp- could be implemented in in in, in the coming months and. Obviously, the, 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 there's going to be an awful lot of flags being raised uh, as potential things to be included in, in, in this budget. But I think the other thing that's probably worth bearing in mind is that, you know, the government has seen a substantial increase in its borrowing costs. So I'm sure Pascal, who is probably uh, keeping that in the back of his mind, I mean, you look at the borrowing costs for the Irish government have gone from about a quarter of a percent for 10-year money out to 2% since the start of the year so you know the, the the cost of borrowing has it has increased and, and obviously that has is going to have knock-on effects for ability to 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 um you know fund the borrowing and yet uh, we both know that uh, that that bond yield is nothing compared to the crazy days of whatever 2010 or 2011 when i think it reached 14 uh, percent. but yes it's all about where it started rather Sorry. than where about it it is mm-hmm. um the financial times um aiden it's asks whether cryptocurrencies could infect the mainstream market now anyone who's been following bitcoin and ethereum and all these guys will know that they have collapsed uh, over the last six months and there's a bit of a worry that um, some banks might be holding a portfolio of these cryptocurrencies 
Yeah, I, I think, again, it's, it's, it's probably not much of a major worry, particularly for the very large banks. So is there a systemic risk to the overall financial system in this case? No, I don't think it is. The, the large regulated banks really have found ways to offer crypto products to their clients without actually getting involved in it themselves. You know, there are definitely a few smaller banks that have gotten in, involved in that, but the regulators have been, have been um, pretty strong on this in terms of setting the groundwork for the, 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 the large banks. And the Federal Reserve last uh, a couple of weeks ago released the, 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 the most recent set of stress tests for the large U.S. banks. And they're pretty much saying that the, the, the banks could suffer $600 billion in losses and still be more than a, a, a adequately capitalized. So I, I don't think when you, when you look at the exposures that the large banks would have to, to, to crypto, although, you know, certainly this time last year, there was all the talk about the banks getting into, the, into it in whatever way they could. I, I don't see it as being a, a substantial risk to, to the, the, the financial system. Okay, it's 6.36, and I, I'm just going to move now to the AIB uh, manufacturing survey, Aidan. Um, it, it, it came out that it found that new orders decreased for the first time since February last year as steep inflationary pressures dampened demand. Uh, stay with us, Aidan, and we'll hear now from Oliver Mangan from AIB. There are clear signs that the slowdown in global manufacturing activity is extending to Ireland in the latest PMI survey data, which are for June. The Irish PMI index for manufacturing fell to 53.1 in June from 56.4 in May and 59.1 in April. That was the lowest level since February 2021. The increasingly negative impact of inflation on demand was reflected in the first declines in both new orders and output in the sector since early 2021. Uh, Inflationary pressures remain strong in the sector, with marked increases in firms' energy and transportation costs, while the output prices charged also continue to rise. On a positive note, there was a further strong rise in manufacturing employment, while firms remain positive on the 12-month outlook. I guess, um, Aidan, the, 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 the upsum of that is the Irish economy is not immune from the pressure and problems caused by inflation. Absolutely not. And, you know, given the fact that we're a, large, a small open economy, you know, and so many of the, the, the companies that work can operate in this, in, in this uh, region. Are, are export oriented, you know, we're very much cognizant of, of what goes on in, in, in the wider world. And I think when you look at that, it, it, it's interesting, we're about to kick off in, in the next week or two, the, the earnings season in the US, and that'll be keenly watched for exactly this type of, of guidance and sentiment coming from companies to see what is going on out there. And I think people obviously have seen inflation running very, very hot. We've still got issues around supply chain um, and availability of labour. And I think all of those things, when you when you weigh them together, are just probably causing people just to, to step back a little bit from, from maybe some of their plans just to see how the dust settles and going forward and, and, and make sure, you know, that they're not overcommitting themselves. So it's probably more reflective of, of, of a very sensible approach um, just with, with all of the uncertainty that's going out there. Yeah, moving to the wider markets, I said at the very start of the programme that the S&P 500, which is a fairly broad index, had the worst start to a year since 1970. Yeah, and, and, and I think what's, what, what makes this year slightly different as well is that typically when we've seen equity market sell-offs like this, you, get, you, you tend to get 
um, you know, the bond market rallying um, while the equity market sells off. But this year has been different because actually the bond market has been very weak as well uh, as the equity market. So investors have seen the double whammy here. And I think, look, the, the, the main thing to, to bear in mind is that, that this sell off has really been focused on, on the valuation multiple in the market in terms of what's known as the, the P.E. ratio. Uh, so we've seen valuations come down quite a bit, uh, and uh, even against the backdrop of, of, you know, corporate earnings remaining reasonably strong in terms of, uh, of growing uh, mid to high single digit year on year. And we probably see the same again in the second quarter. So I, so far, it's definitely been a, 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 an adjustment to the valuation as opposed to, you know, any impending uh, question of, of, of recessions and impact to, to earnings. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see uh, as we go through the rest of the year. Do, do we start seeing those earnings numbers uh, getting impacted as well? Um, did you get a sense, uh, Aidan, yesterday um, that the markets are fretting slightly less about inflation, but now they're fretting more about a very real prospect of a recession? I think that's been the case for, for the last couple of weeks. The one thing I would tell you is that when you look at the, the, the kind of the main blocks of investors, certainly on the institutional side, we, we haven't actually seen um, institutional investors selling a lot of stock in the last over the last couple of weeks. It really has been much more of a kind of a, a retail investor phenomenon. Um, we've seen the two major invest, uh, you know, institutional investor blocks of the world we traditionally know is the long only and the hedge funds really just sitting on the sidelines for the last couple of weeks. So I, I think the, 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 the key here is nobody quite knows and nobody at this stage as we come into the summer months, which are traditionally very, very low in liquidity in the market and volumes tend to be very, very low. Nobody really wants to make a, a big play one way or the other. So they're probably happy to sit on the sidelines. And, and that means that, you know, when you have two large buyer blocks out of the market, you know, any sort of, of, of volume coming onto the market on the sell side is having a disproportionate effect and, and causing a lot of volatility, as we've seen so far. Oh, that's very interesting to know that. I, I wonder whether, when they get back in in the autumn. Aidan, thank you so much. That's Aidan Donnelly from Davies Stockbrokers. Um, Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.